Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Keegan Goodspeed, guitarist and vocalist of the band Botfly. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Keegan, Mr. Goodspeed, if you're nasty. (laughs) What the heck is up? (laughs) How are you this morning? I'm good, man. I think I fixed my truck this morning. So, like, I'm kind of flying a little high on that right now. So, (laughs) it's hard. It's only 11 a.m. We've already done shit. Oh, dude. I'm up at seven every day, even on tour. Like we'll go to bed at three and my body's like, let's get up. We don't have to do anything, but we're getting up. I'm like, oh my oh, God. Fuck. You just yeah. can't rest. No, can't. I can't. No. I'll, I'll tell you, I've slowed down a lot, especially when, when touring uh, evaporated for a couple of years there, I slowed down a lot, but my, uh, my desire to keep moving is always there. Sensational. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I used to work a lot doing travel and I was never kind of in the same place for one time, like for a long time. I'd come to Montreal for like two weeks and then go back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got very well accustomed to like city living when I was here for two years. Now I don't think I could do it again. So props to you but, for, for still so touring. This is your, this is your, uh, big identity crisis as to why you won't come to Nova Scotia then, eh? Uh, that's not an identity crisis. I've just, <laughs> I've talked to some people from PEI. Uh, they made me f- scared of some people out there, but you know, scared. They, they, yes. Maybe it's just PEI, you know, you know how they are up there. Uh, like with the their most... Robins, with their <laughs> Robins coffee. And <laughs> I mean, um, it's no Duncan, but <laughs> Thank you for giving that one. That's a good one. <laughs> America runs on Duncan. Um, and like Bab said, Canada runs on Timothy. Do you know this man, Timothy Horton? I yeah, he... am well accustomed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know, I know Nova Scotia, Scotia, the Scotia's got some, some cool stuff and y'all got Liam out there somehow. Y'all convinced Liam to move. Yeah. And then he's convinced that, that I'm going to make his, bikes even cooler than they already are so <laughs> yeah that's, that's something that i would like to, to see happen <laughs> louder maybe he just went louder oh that's that's easy you just cut the muffler off, yeah. cut the muffler off and you're good to go straight by that some bitch you're oh, good to go <laughs> every day fuck the neighbors man what are you uh what are you drinking this morning i am drinking uh some have fun coffee which is uh, a relatively newer brewer here in nova scotia dartmouth uh it's our buddy sunny he's oh. uh he's been around for a long time he's got cafes here he's got this uh ice cream bar that's downtown and that's open seasonally in the summer which is awesome so it's it's uh he's a he's a cool dude and uh I love his coffee, so I can't complain, which is actually one of his coffees can't complain. So, you know, this is, this is sick. This is breaking news. He's coming up on one year of roasting. So, wow. Really? He's already, his branding is fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, on the down low, I think we're doing a summer blend with him. So I'm working on that. So y'all are kicking receiver to the fucking curb. No, 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 no. Everybody gets their fair share. You know, <laughs> y'all just hop around. Y'all go have fun. Receiver anchored. Yeah. Who's you know, next? the, the bots brand has to <laughs> give to plenty. <laughs> we got plenty of love for everybody. <laughs> why not? Right. You can't get stale. See, That's this like, is why, this is why I can't write the smooth brain breakdown stuff because by the time <laughs> I do it, it'll be stale. So I got to add a couple wrinkles back up in there and we'll be good to go. Yeah, see, this is what I try to tell people. They're like, Botfly, what is Botfly? I'm like, that's thinking man's music. Fuck, I haven't been able to answer that question in the 10 years that I've been doing this. So, 
I I tried to describe Botfly's music to somebody the other day, and they were like, "Oh, I thought it was this." I was like, "I guess we just can't nail it down." What? <laughs> hey, it's a double edged sword. I'll tell you, it really is. <laughs> Putting a tour package together is that it? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I had no idea what to expect when we were going to when we did that tour with Chastity and Single Mothers because like that newest Chastity record's like pretty mellow. And like even the single mothers record is like pretty rock. And I'm like, well, we're not like really any of this, but those two bands, they are punk bands live. It is so sick. And like all three of us just high energy the whole time. I was like, this, mm-hmm. this totally makes sense. And then, uh, so we did those shirts. I don't know if you saw them. That was like genre non-specific hardcore, oh, which yeah. is like this. That's like the new flag that we're, we're carrying around because you really can't, put a pin on exactly what we are, which is fine. So I kept going up to each member. I'd be like, yo, single mothers, genre, non-specific hardcore. And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like we were just like, we were all flying the flag by the time the tour was over. It was, it was, it was <laughs> sick. <laughs> well, we'll dive more into the touring and the music, but first I must Yeah, tell what are you, you drinking? I must tell you that I'm drinking some balanced coffee. It's nice. uh, also a friend. That a friend, branding friend. is sick as hell. Is that Godzilla? Attacking Montreal, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is this is his uh, Supremo. It's a Colombian single origin um, from Medellin, and it's got some chocolatey notes. It's like chocolatey cherry, a little bit. Of gotta, I'll have to check that out. Colombian is definitely my favorite. It's good. Are you a classic Col- Colombian, or are you like that new uh, fruity, crazy fermented Colombian uh, person? I will fuck with that, like the the fruitier stuff from time to time, but I'm a blue collar boy, you know, I just, I want that working man's coffee that's easy drinking. I mean, I think you and Babs kind of went over that when we were talking about the bots blend. It's just, I want something you could drink and just get moving, you know, mm-hmm. but every that's- now and then I do like something that you just kind of sip away at and you're savoring. Yeah. So this is definitely more of your traditional taste. I would Sweet. say it, it is in terms of like, in terms of like traditional, it's definitely more on the weird side, but it's still got like a nice nutty, the cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. When I opened the bag and like put the beans in the the grinder, I was like, just chocolate, like crazy, crazy dark chocolate smell. Hell but yeah. I miss Bots Blend though. Yeah, Bots Blend was good. And I think you can still order it through receiver, but I drank that shit for like a year straight. I was like, I need something, <laughs> I need something else. <laughs> Yeah, I went to I went to the roastery, the have fun roastery there a week or two ago and picked up a five pound bag. And like my truck just smelled like heaven on the drive home. I was like, this is this is if I could get a car air freshener that was just this, I would. <laughs> well, we, we should switch because apparently new car smell is linked to cancer now. I didn't know this. You know what? What kind of isn't? At this point in time, right? The world is the world is like humanity is a cancer. Yeah, I mean, I was a welder for eleven years. There's no way I'm avoiding that later in life. So, what's that mesothelioma? <laughs> uh, I don't know what the other ones are. All I know is the class action lawsuits for mesothelioma. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get on that. Is that the asbestos uh, cancer? I can't remember. Fuck if I know, man. Anyway. Well, I'm glad that you're not <laughs> not welding anymore. Yeah. Were you yeah. in the union? No, no, I'm not uh, a union guy. I don't not believe in them. I've just never been a part of one, except for Nova Scotia Music Union, you know? Got to be a part of that. You got to join the AFM. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one reason to do it, and we all know what it's for. <laughs> Cross that border, baby. We all know in Canada, because we all know the struggle. It's, it's mm-hmm. sad. It's sad because I had no idea until I moved here. It's brutal. Everybody's like, oh, you know, this band from Canada, this band from Canada. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's because of the fucking visa process. It's completely terrible. So yeah. you it's, guys have really worked hard. It's a hellscape to, to, to navigate the website and do it right. And yeah, I'm glad the paperwork is filed and I don't have to look at that for another year. So you guys have done the visas how many times? Just once before. Okay. Back in 2019. So we went on a U.S. run end of 2019. I think it was November. And we had another one planned for March 2020. But 
obviously you know <laughs> and we were we were all amped up because like the visas aren't cheap they aren't disgustingly expensive but they aren't cheap and uh we paid for it on the first run like we had everything like zeroed out we're like all right so every time we go to the states now it's like just making money because you know you got to convince yourself that you're making money when you're in a band <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh yeah so we had this sick like two and a half week run planned and then everything shut down we're like oh fuck all right i guess we're not doing this and then yeah. literally the day that we were supposed to cross is when like they shut the border crossing that like you weren't allowed to cross into america unless it was right. like super important or whatever so we're like well i guess we're just putting our feet up for a bit whatever and then two years later <laughs> it's crazy as like shitty as i felt about like our situation i was like you know what though like outside of the people who have health concerns like in just a band perspective i was like there's so many bands that are like making a living off being a band that just got so screwed because yeah. we were like we were months away from quitting our jobs to go full-time and then then like that shut it down you know good thing we didn't like yeah back in november be like all right this is it we're going <laughs> it's like a blessing and a curse yeah you, know, you go crawling back to our old bosses like please can we have our jobs back like, <laughs> i'll be an essential worker i promise yeah i promise <laughs> you don't even have to give me hero pay <laughs> hero pay oh man anyways let's not dive too much more into that i don't want to talk about that people people are mic sharing again you know so we're we're good to go. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I've been shoving the mic in people's mouths, touching tongues. Yeah. That's there's the twitching uh, tongues. And then there's, t there's twitching tongues and now there's touching tongues. Yeah. And there's both are back. So both are back. Cheers. <laughs> cheers to that. <laughs> the young brothers uh, were gone too long. I mean, yes and no, they were doing other sick projects, but I know, and, and you God, know, God's hate dead body, God's hate, dead body. All that's dead good body, dead body ripper. Dude, Dead Body came out and I was like, I guess I like Deathcore now because this is fucking incredible. Is it Deathcore? I feel like it's more grind. I think it teeters on both. I agree. Because you got like the like the slower breakdown parts with the solos yeah. that are like a bit more metal than than your typical grind. But I'm also not a big grind head, so nobody hold I'm, my uh, words to this. I know like three grindcore bands, and one of them is a Squala grind because they're basically a hardcore band that plays grindcore. Yeah, that's the only reason I know that band. So, I mean, like my my grindcore experience is like Daughters, early Daughters. So like whatever. Before they went kind of artsy punk. Yeah, but I almost I'd like that more. Not gonna lie, you seem That's, like yeah. the the 2010 self titled record that blew my mind. And then That's the when new, I got into them. The newest one that they put out there before all shit hit the fan again for that band. Um, <laughs> everybody really loved it, and I didn't. I think maybe I was like I was past wanting to hear artsier music like that at at the time. So it, it still hasn't really hit me. And now I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you, do you teeter? Mm -hmm. Like, do you go like, you know, like uh, interesting music and then like caveman music, interesting mm -hmm. music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like, you know, like I loved noise rock for a long time and kind of like flew the flag in our own way with early Bopfly, just like trying to write, kind of like quirky weird guy music but keep it like still with like your your classic song structure but then like once i kept diving deeper and realized that like all noise rock fans care about is like the clankiest bass tone and like if you didn't sound like shit from the 90s like it, they don't care about you and i was like i fucking hate this man like you gotta learn to push the envelope like you can't just sit in one like four year period and expect people to just like abide by all these rules like that's not that's not music that's just fucking copyright like it's stupid screamo is is in the same world like there's a subsect of screamo enjoyer who's like oh jerome's dream da, 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 da. And like, if it's not like that or if you're not like not singing into a microphone and like not screeching and shit like that like they don't care it's like all you're doing is limiting yourself it's yep. it's pointless like there's so much good music out there like 
I'll use my own example. I hated country music forever, forever, but huge Neil Young fan. And I was just like, you know, I just kind of like, like, I think I'm hating this just to, just because it's a thing that I've said for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm just missing out on so much good music because I'm being foolish. Like it's stupid. Yeah. That's, I wised up to that as well. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like a scene kid, you mm-hmm. only like, like the most brutal fucking pit wall death. Bleh. And yeah. then it's like country music and rap are horrible. And then I got into rap. I'm like, okay, rap is pretty cool. And then three years ago, it's like, oh dude, country music is so fucking good. It just makes me want to drink. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, yeah. Good thing when I got into country music, I went sober. So, um, yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> but me and Baz are living together and he's just like, he's a music fanatic. Like there's so much I learn about different genres just because of him. Like he's so open-minded to that. Mm-hmm. And I think living with him really made me settle down on having like hard opinions on music and just being like, yo, if it's good, it's good. Yeah. Like you, you can't, all you're, like I said, all you're doing is hurting yourself by being like, oh, I don't like this style. Like, well, guaranteed anyone who says they don't like a certain style of music, if they listen to an abundance of it, they would find someone they like. You know, like, I think rap is sick. I don't listen to a lot of rap. So and I find rap is very like fast changing. Mm-hmm. So I find it really hard to be like, I don't, I don't know what to listen to. So I kind of just stick to like the early nineties stuff that I know I like, like Nas and Biggie and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that any generic hardcore kid probably likes in rap. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, if I was to take the time and dive into it, I would find what kind of subsect of, of rap that I actually like. And I bet you there's, thousands of artists that I could spend decades listening to if I really wanted to, but yeah. it's hard to consume it all. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, you can get lost in the ether of like how quickly music changes. Now that we're streaming, it's like mm-hmm. Spotify is a bottomless pit. Of it's a blessing and a curse, man. Like having, having unbridled, uncurated access to things. I love letting Spotify go off on its own. Yeah. And seeing what I can find. But like, yeah, <laughs> it's a black hole, man. <laughs> you will never find the end of that, yeah. of that bottomless pit. It's true. Um, well, you know, I had Babs on before, like we mentioned earlier, shout out Screamo Cowboy. Yeah. Um, Get your shit printed by him. Yeah. And just give him money in general. Like just yeah. send him like, We'll give you his interact e-transfer and just say he's honestly like, he's such a beautiful boy. You should just pay him to exist. Honestly, the the overalls and the, which yo the overalls was my thing. (laughs) All right. That was my thing. People jacked overalls for me, which is an outrageous claim for me to make, but I'm sticking with it. You did. So you got those painters ones, like the white fucking painters. Yeah, they no got shirt. so dirty. <laughs> they were looking a bit grody when I saw y'all. That and was then, like one. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember that. So Babs got the the black with the white stitching, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Felix? Yeah. Felix, Felix is just trying to be me. We all know it. Felix is the Montreal Keegan. I will say he did basically say that exact <laughs> statement when I saw him the, the time after bot. It was actually the Kennedy show following yeah. the Botfly show. Yeah. And he's wearing the overalls. So I was like, so you just took a note from Botfly. He's like, I'm just trying to be Keegan. I was like, <laughs> what? Uh, Felix is, is really funny, man. I met him, I think, in 2018 when we did a tour with Die Hex. And, uh, he rolled up to the gig, like hood all the way over to like, up, like to where my toque is right now, like covering his eyebrows. And I was like, yo, this guy looks like he wants to fight us right now. Like I'm, I was like a little scared. Right. And like back in 2018, I was probably like 60, 70 pounds lighter. Like I was a small dude. I was like, fuck. And then just like after the show, like kind of got to know him and then just kept in touch. I was like, oh, this guy's like a total softy, just like me. Like, I love this guy. <laughs> Have you seen his straight edge tattoo? No. <laughs> it's it's his first tattoo. It's oh. just across the bottom of his belly. Like Amazing. Just three X's. I was like, that's like your only tattoo. 
and it's that. <laughs> that is equally hard and ridiculous all at the yeah. same time. <laughs> but he's still straight edge, so shout out to Felix. Um, cheers. Yeah, cheers to him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, then he got the overalls. And then for Christmas, my wife got me the exact Hell yeah. overall. So I've been wearing them. And it's cool uh, because in the I'm hardcore here for scene, people wearing them, dude. Like they're yeah, it, they're a fantastic and comfortable attire. In the scene, we don't have enough overalls here in Montreal. I know mm-hmm. East Eastern Canada is a different thing. Ontario, you know, you get a lot of them farm boys, so they've got the Carhartts, like the nice, thicky ones. Yeah, I rocked a brown pair of Carhartts for a long time, and then uh, they're just too expensive to to wear all the time. So I found a pair of camo ones that I wore for a tour that everyone got COVID on, which was sick because we didn't get to play with dangers, which we were supposed to. And that really made me sad, but you know, the boy's health came first. And uh, then I was like, Oh man, I was, I was at a a Dulux, like the paint supply store. And uh, I turned around and there was a rack of white painters, Dickies, pants, and overalls. And they were 40 bucks, brand new. That's, I was like, I can't not get them. I can't not get them. So. I fuck but, with the white pants too. The white yeah. pants are clean. Yeah. I used to, I used to wear, I had a pair of, back when I wore tight pants, I had a pair of white 5'11s and I had white, all white vans and a white shirt. And I would just play like in an all white kit until we played this like, dirty old basement barn show in in uh churro which is like an hour from halifax and uh yeah it went from white to brown and i just retired the whole thing i was like this is this is not a good time (laughs) (laughs) no amount of bleach is gonna save this (laughs) save this outfit but now you come full circle because i think you're back to white vans and white painters dickies yeah, but I'm I'm retiring the overalls for a bit. I'm gonna I gotta I'm kind of trying to go like like a good Bruce Springsteen look now. I think you know, yes, blue jeans, white shirt. I got I gotta find like a red bandana or like a ball cap that's not worth anything and stick it in my pocket or something. And then with the sleeves rolled up, like with the sleeves way. rolled up, yeah. You know, Fuck I kind of yes. I kind of wish that I was a smoker solely so i could have a pack of cigarettes there but maybe i'll like put a pack of picks there or something that'd be kind of silly eh? or get the candy cigarettes oh yeah, the, yeah 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 just popeyes. for the fuck of it yeah some popeyes <laughs> so like candy cigarettes don't smoke smoking's bad kids yeah smoking is bad but i won't lie it looks cool as it hell. looks cool as shit like can you imagine if i smoke cigarettes how cool i would look <laughs> I no, think that I, deserves like three three <laughs> edge points taken away. Well, Dwayne told me because I went sober in my, my 30s that I'm not allowed to claim edge. So I'm just a sober man. He sounds like an elitist. <laughs> I'm not about <laughs> to put him on blast for that. So <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne's not even straight edge. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. No, fucking loser. Botfly's been a band since 2014. E- 13. Wow. I think the first release was November 2013 because this yeah, because this year in November will be the 10 year release date of our first single. So you you started Bofly? Yes, sir. How did how did all of that kind of come to be? Right. So I guess we can go way back if you want. Um so I started playing in bands in eighth grade, I think I made my first band. So what are you there? Like 14? Not even. Something like that. 13, Um, 14? Yeah. yeah, And it was like very classic, terrible. Didn't know what we wanted to do. Literally our, our, our name was Nomad Vacuum. And it was just like, pull out the dictionary, flip to two pages, pick the first word you see. It was really bad. There's no evidence anywhere. So no one can find it. So don't even try and look if you're going to try, but it was, well, this was the pure volume days, right? So that's where we had all of our stuff. This is pre MySpace. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So we played me and a few other people played in that band. 
had like four songs, did a recording with my uncle, who's like a jazz musician who has a studio. And like, he had no idea what to think of what we were doing and never played shows, never did anything. I mean, we were fucking 14. What were we supposed to do? Um, that band fizzled out. And by that point in time, MySpace had become a thing. And I got a random DM from my friend Yusuf Musabi. And he invited me to join this absolutely terrible metalcore band. And then him and I went on to continue to make four or five more shitty metalcore bands like we all do in our early teens until he left to go to Berkeley for music school. So he's like an incredible jazz musician, jazz guitarist. He's, he's a fantastic musician. And, uh, he played in a cool screamo band called new ruins, which Zagma beach released a record on I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so after he moved away to college, I mean, I've been playing music with him for like eight years and I felt kind of discouraged and I was very much like the accompanist. I wasn't writing the songs. I was just kind of like helping him write songs. So I kind of took a bit of a breather from music while I went to culinary school, did that and kind of just like bummed around going to shows, not really playing, not really touching my guitar, still had like my stuff just sitting in a closet kind of thing. And then around the time that that daughter's record came out that we were talking about, I got a message from a friend of mine, Tom Burke, who played in Frail Hands, if you know that band. Yep. And uh, we started a band called Burdens. He was like 16 and I was 20, I think this was the age. And the stuff he was writing was crazy and like, it just like, like we listened to that record and we listened to botch and we were just like, okay, we're going to make crazy music. And we did, but he was 16. And I think, uh, you know, anxieties kind of got to him and it was just like, Oh, I can't do this. And then the band kind of broke up and I was a little bit pissed about that because I was like, you know, I was seeing the steps that we could be making and like right. we kind of gained local popularity pretty quick. And that was the first time ever for me. So I was like, oh, like there's there's something here that like I'm I'm stoked on. So after that, this is this is where we find out that I played in a lot of bands that have band names that start with the letter B. So don't ju- <laughs> don't judge me for this, but it just it just is how it is. So from all that, I started getting really into Ken mode and Ken mode was like still noisy, but like way more aggressive and heavier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this, this is cool. So like, I was really listening to a lot of Ken mode and a lot of the Jesus lizard. And I made a band called Batholith. And, uh, it was basically a continuation of what we were doing in burdens, but maybe more pissed off. And that band, like, that was like my band that I first, like, I was like, okay, I'm writing songs now. So I was like, I've been playing guitar since I was 12 and I didn't start really writing songs that I was confident about until I was like 22, mm-hmm. 21, which when I look back at it, I'm like, Whoa, that's silly. <laughs> but that's what, <laughs> that's what uh, like social anxiety will do to you when you're not confident about stuff. Right. And uh, so I was really like driven on that band, but everyone else in that band had like, for other projects or were career driven or like, you know, I was the only one who was like, this is the thing, like, let's do this. And everyone else was like, yeah, yeah. Like whatever. So that like kind of fueled my anger to like make more aggressive music, but like not in a healthy way. <laughs> so that <laughs> just, out we got, of spite. just like, Oh, I was so spiteful. It was, it was really bad. Like the, this is leading into an era of my life where I was like, just kind of really angry all the time, which mm-hmm. was not something I look back on fondly, but it's, it, it also fueled to where I got now. So there is a, a bright side to look at, I guess, if you want to. Um, so I was right. I was writing music like that. It's like, you can find Bathleth on Bandcamp, I think still. And like the songs are sick. It's kind of lo-fi, but it's heavy. And I thought it was a cool band. We played it, uh, I don't know, six or seven, like pretty cool shows. And then my bass player- Is that named after Worf's weapon in Star Trek? No, it's named after a Ken Mode song. So So I was really like, I was really into that band at the time. 
And uh, yeah, so like play some cool shows. Then my bass player moved to Montreal without telling me. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the drummer got a, a, a mechanic job for like Metro Transit, which is our like bus system here. But mm-hmm. it was like a, like a three till midnight shift. So I was like, well, I guess this band's over. And the, yeah, and the vocalist lived like an hour away. So it was kind of doomed to begin with. Right. Um, so then I made a Screamo project called Bluebird, which was pretty cool. But while I was doing Bluebird, I was writing these the first Botfly songs. So I was like, okay, this is kind of just my like placeholder project because like, again, not everyone's really invested and I'm like kind of putting a lot into this year, but it's kind of a solo effort. I don't really care for that. And it like, again, kind of fueling my uh, aggression in a improper way. Right. So once I finally got some, some Botfly songs that I was very excited about, uh, my good friend, Ben Brennan, who recently passed away, I started showing them to him and he got really excited. And Ben was like a whole other level of musician. So when I started showing him these songs and he was getting like so amped on it and wanted to be a part of it and thought it was so cool. Like my confidence was shooting through the roof. You know, I'm like, this is a guy that I look up to as a guitar player and he thinks what I'm doing is cool. So like as this bluebird band kind of got more, difficult to wrangle everyone i was like i'm just i'm done with that i'm focusing on this mm-hmm. and uh had a few iterations of lineup because ben was playing bass and my friend tree my childhood friend tree was playing drums but they were also both going to recording school and recording school is like a one year you dedicate everything to a kind of program so yeah. you know we wrote like three songs together and then it was like, yo, like let's try and jam. And it'd be like jams every, like once every three weeks. I was like, this is not like, this is a, not the kind of project that you can just be sloppy on. Like I need, like I was very adamant that this was going to be a tight band. This was going to be a proper band. Like we were going to do everything right. (laughs) Or what I thought was right at the time. And uh, they just couldn't commit. And they were very upfront about that. They're like, look, we think what you're doing is cool, but you know, this schooling is what we want to do. And unfortunately we can't do both. So we took the one song that we were all very fluent on, which was lunacy. And we recorded it at the community college studio. And then I released that as like, this is what I did with these two guys. This is my project. This is what I'm trying to do. And, uh, it kind of like gained a lot of traction right away, which I thought was cool. Cause I think I was doing something very outside the box for what people were doing locally here. I mean, Atlanta, Canada has had this like misery signals chokehold forever, (laughs) (laughs) which is no shade. I think misery signals are fucking awesome, but you know, they're like, especially with Sonai's getting really big and really popular and like people wanting to do that sound. And it was getting very like cookie cutter band, you know, that's all you heard was that. And uh, so I was really trying to just be like, I want to do something completely different because I'm not interested in that. That doesn't excite me. This stuff excites me. So I started writing the early Botfly stuff, which could be considered the most noise rock, I guess, out of all of it. Um, so then I'm left with this single that people think is really cool. I'm really excited about, but I don't have a band. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, what the hell? And then uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Chris Murdoch, started. He comes. He comes to me. He says, "Yo, I want to play drums in this band," which was a huge honor because he's been in so many like big punk bands. He was a drummer in Envision, who like toured all through America and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, I was dumbfounded that like he was excited, but he was like, "Yeah, I want to play something that like really challenges my drumming. I want to do this." And I was like, "Okay, like let's 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 go at it." And then. I was looking for a bass player and I was very adamant too, that I just wanted this to be a three piece. I didn't want to play with another guitarist. I did that so much and it just was always clashing heads. So I was like, you know, at this point I'm like, I don't want to say egotistical, but like I have my vision and I'm Mm -hmm. doing my thing. 
So I was like, I don't want to hear other guitar players' influences. I want to do what I'm doing. And people have to, if they want to be in this band, they got to get with that. And unfortunately, I was maybe a little strict in that, where I was like, yo, like, if you want to be a part of Botfly, like, you're dedicated. And if you're not, then don't bother coming in because, like, I'm trying to do something here. And uh, so we're looking for a bass player. Dwayne and I have been great friends since. I was 15, he was 16, so we've been friends forever. He was living on PEI and playing in a band with Sean. So okay. I was talking to Dwayne. I was like, y'all, like, I'm looking for a bass player. Like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And he's like, well, me and Sean are both moving to Halifax like next week. So you should talk to him. So I just random message shot to Sean, just like, hey, we're jamming. Here's the first single. Like, if you want to be a part of this, come to jam next Tuesday, I think it was. And he was like, yo, yeah, for sure. Shows up. Here's my band. Like, he was all in. Chris was all in. And within four jams, like, we had a ton of songs already. Because I had all this stuff. They learned it right quick. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, I was so excited about it. I started writing more and more and more and more. So we do... The first real release, Parasitic Oscillation with Chris. Uh, ben recorded everything. Up until up until the last full length, Lower in Love, Ben recorded everything. So he was always a part of the band, and he was always right. someone that I was like showing what I was doing because I respected his opinion, and he like enjoyed that he still got to be kind of a part of it in a sense. And uh, so we record Parasitic Oscillation, and then we record the two-song EP, Host, and then Chris comes to me, he's like, I'm having a baby. So you've got like four more months with me. And then I kind of got to go be a dad. And I was like, yo, dude, absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> right? Like, like, I get it. And uh, so we play a couple more shows with Chris. And then Dwayne was coming to our jams just because he thought the band was cool. Like he put out, like he had a little tape label for like two months called Scribble Pages. And he put out the parasitic oscillation tape. So even Dwayne was like kind of a part of the band before he joined the band. And, uh, I just, I came to him and I was like, look, like I need a drummer. You play drums. Like, do you want to do this? And then I gave him the whole rundown. Like this comes before this. And this comes like, this is a priority of blah, 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 blah. Being a fucking stupid kid with like a militant <laughs> fucking <laughs> attitude towards my band. And he was down and uh, we gave him no time to get ready. I think he was in the band for like three weeks and we had a show. And I was like, you, you got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> fucking insane, right? But he stepped up and he filled the shoes. And, and uh, you know, I, I we haven't looked back since. It was the three of us for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, we were doing something that not everybody understood. And that was to be expected because we were playing something that was outside the classic normal for for the maritime scene and some people really fucked with it and some people just kind of as they do made fun of us because we were playing insanely loud and had all these amps and you know people people like oh dude it was terrible people would be like i won't name names because i don't need to dox anyone here but like people would be like making fun of us at the show and then have the audacity to come up and be like hey can i use your gear uh just be like you're literally like yeah whatever and it's it's just classic hardcore scene oh dude and like like you know it just people were too cool for school and like because i cared about what i was doing and had a vision or at this point in time, the three of us cared what we were doing and had a vision and wanted to do something bigger than being a local band. Like that was something to make fun of, which like, you know, did not help the way that my brain was already working at that point in time. So like you got me already like pissed off and angry all the time, trying to do something outside of the normal, feeling very good about it, but getting backlash at the same time. So I'm just like, you know, other things in my personal life are not going great. Like it's a whole whirlwind of bad times. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lived like that for, I'd say five years. Like the first yeah. five years of that band was just like kind of feeling like we were outsiders in our own city and just struggling to like 
like you know it was like okay well if people don't care about us here we're going on tour fuck this city kind of thing which right. no one should ever have to feel that way about their hometown when they're in a band like there should be hometown love like yeah let let the the new kids in your city have that chance let that let that band like have a chance to find their legs and i don't feel like that happened for me and it's possible that that's maybe my own um just perception of it getting in the way and you know there was people who were down with us from the beginning but i was kind of too blind by by frustration to see it but at the same time it made me be like okay well if halifax doesn't care about us then we're going to moncton then we're going to montreal then we're going to ottawa then we're going to southern ontario and that just kind of fueled my like like okay if hometown doesn't care about me i'm gonna prove that they should care about me mm-hmm. which it's such a double-edged <laughs> sword you know like like i'm so grateful that i reached a point that like we have a lot of love here mm-hmm. in in the atlantic canadian provinces um but i don't know if i ever would have accomplished that without even if it was just my own brain being like yo people don't care about what you're doing you got to push harder even if it was just me like it made me a push so hard that i feel like we got to this level because of it so i wouldn't recommend my approach <laughs> to anyone but i do credit it for what we've been able to achieve not that we're a big band but you know like we are at a point where we sell out Montreal shows and that's a cool feeling because for a long time it was 20 people. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it feels cool to be where we're at. And I, I do spend a lot of time, um, trying to reflect in a positive manner on all of it because it's so easy to get caught up in like not feeling like you got enough or that you're still struggling to get this or that people Mm -hmm. aren't paying attention. And I still, I mean, I go through that once a month where I'm just like, Oh, like it just so, so driven to a fault Mm -hmm. and just like, it's got its goods and it's bads and being I'm 32 now and I'm able to like step back and be like, okay, like it's cool that like I've got this drive but also like accept that like there is a lot of love for what I did. Mm. And I'm, I appreciate that from anyone who's ever given it to us. And uh, I do have to try and remember to spend time like with that side of it too, where it's like, yo, like, yeah, we've been a band for 10 years and like, you know, some bands blow up in three years, some bands never blow up and whatever happens happens. But we, have done more than I ever expected this band to do. And I'm so appreciative to anyone who ever helped us or wanted to help us, or even just came to a show or just like reaches out to ask when we're doing something or even like crazier, like people who reach out and are like, yo, like this one song, like I just got divorced a month ago and I've been listening to this song on repeat and it's really helping me. And I'm like, that's a tough thing to hear. Cause you feel like, like what you wrote is like kind of more than it was supposed to be, but Mm. it's also just like, damn, like I'm happy that you're getting that from, from what I did. Like it was never, it's really just me trying to get past my own emotions. But if you're connecting to it, like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that was very long winded, but that's good. That's the history. I I mean, I would say there there's from, just being in Montreal and like being at one of y'all shows, there's a, like a lot of love here for what you guys are doing. And I know that it's the result of a lot of work, mm-hmm. like a lot of time on the road. And like, I, I hate when bands do get discouraged because it may take them longer than some bands that just, you know, overnight pop mm-hmm. off. But I've had lots of friends that are in bands for 10 plus years that it's at that 10 year mark that it like, takes off and they sign to a major label and mm-hmm. like so you just never know it's it's just different for everybody so but yeah i mean what what you've put out and what you guys have done is incredible like y'all have so many good songs and like listening to lower than love uh when i was doing it like a few months ago is like the the 
dynamics of this album are just crazy. Thank you. So, like, I can't write that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you should definitely feel satisfied and proud of the things that y'all have put out and continue. Uh, to put and, out. and for what it's worth, I do. Um, I don't. I don't want anyone to take away that I'm like upset that we're not getting this or we're not getting that. Like, I am. The whole goal when I started this band was to go on tour once. If I could go on tour <laughs> once, that would be cool. And I've gone on like like this band has been on like. 20 tours like we've toured a lot like we've played a lot of shows so like every time we get to do something i'm just like i like i can't believe that i've been doing this for 10 years mm -hmm. and i still like i'm still seeing progress every time like there's more people coming to shows there's more mm -hmm. people that learn the words like that time you saw us at turbo house and like i stopped playing the song and the whole crowd was singing with me like that was the first time that ever happened and i was just like all right, I, like we did something here that <laughs> I never expected this band would ever do. Yeah. So like, thank you to everyone who cares about us. Obviously, I'm not trying to sound like a spoiled brat. It's just <laughs> my my mindset is always just so fucking driven. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I grew up with two parents who ran a business who like, you know, entrepreneur brains. And that's all I know. So it's like, you got to keep going kind of the shit. The hustle. The hustle. Yeah. So it's just, it's just born and bred into me. And, and, uh, you got to have someone in the band that's like that for it to yeah. keep pushing. So it's true. You know, true. It, dri it drives me crazy sometimes, but <laughs> it's worth it in the end. <laughs> Somebody's got to have that reach, right? You yeah. gotta be, be always being like we can do it we can do more yeah. so yeah i i totally feel you and um, also for what it's worth like i couldn't do it without the other three like yeah. it's not like i'm the driving force and like i gotta fucking pack their bags for them it, everyone in this band is like yeah let's fucking do it like whatever like we're not getting any younger let's just keep going until our bodies hurt too much and <laughs> i i i tell them all the time but i can't thank them a lot enough and I, I love them so much for like letting me get to do this in my own expressive way but they also get to express themselves in their way and it's i'm very thankful yeah Dwayne does footwork here by the way you you should know oh, that he's, he's i i do he's <laughs> everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah god bless that boy yeah he's a he's a wonderful boy he really is um also uh, shout out glint yeah, Glint is cool. I saw their first show. It was sick. The uh, the funny thing for me about that band, so Alex Moore, who plays guitar as well in that band, also mm -hmm. used to live with me when Babs was living here. And like that first single that they released, we started a band called Key Ring, and that was like our first song. And like I played bass and had a whole vocal thing like i have a demo on my computer so every time i hear that song like i hear my vocals still even though like i don't know the the person who does vocals in that band but they did a way better job than i did but i just like i i'm just so like because i had to listen to it so much and i wrote it i was like all i hear is mine i'm like i gotta so get funny. that out of my head so that i can just hear <laughs> I need to enjoy this music for what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I gotta like release or let go of like my view on what that song was supposed to be and just like enjoy the better version that it is now. <laughs> well, you guys have a uh, a tour coming up. Let let's let's hear the deets. Let's hear what you guys got going on for the rest of the year. Okay. Well, we're uh, we're going back to America. So long as the the visa goes through, the papers are in. So we should be okay um unless i fucked something up but uh yeah so we'll be going on tour in july for most of july which is cool um we'll be in ontario and montreal and then crossing in windsor over to detroit and then we're going to chicago which i've never been but we've been emperor endorsed for a long time and we're finally going to the factory and we're gonna yes. meet all those dudes and like like we're picking up a cab while we're on it. Cause that's what we needed was more gear. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I'm really excited to meet them after having a working relationship with them for so long and just like get a little tour of the factory and, you know, maybe if they're not busy or whatever, they'll come to the gig, which would be cool. 
Where are y'all playing in uh, Chicago? Is it uh, Cobra? We're playing. No, we're playing the Beat Kitchen, which uh, okay, is maybe a bigger venue than we should be playing, but <laughs> we all know how these things go. <laughs> Hopefully, there'll yeah. be a good local there to. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always but, daunting playing big rooms. Yeah, uh, well, I mean. I we guess, did it for uh, a long time to playing to like 20 people. So, oh. you know, it is what it is. You got to take the good with the bad, you know, like you ride yeah. that, that Montreal sellout show on a Saturday and you get hopefully to Wednesday off that good feeling because we all know Sunday through Wednesday is just a roll of the dice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we're playing Brooklyn on a Tuesday. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. Right. So we play, I think we play the beat kitchen on a Tuesday and it's like a oh, 300 cap yeah. room. So it's going to just be like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Sick. All right. <laughs> oh man. I'll be interested to see who's on that show. Um, Me too. But it'll, it, hopefully it goes well. Like, you know, I am always very happy when bands from Canada are able to cross the border and mm-hmm. like give, um, like people in the U S some experience that like, they don't know what's going on over here. Like no, as somebody which that's is... moved here from the States, like, I didn't listen to Cancer Bats growing up. Like Misery biggest Signals, band. yeah, I know. Like Misery Signals was like we knew. Comeback Kid was probably the biggest hardcore band, and Alexis, like, yeah, those I mean, were the two ones that we knew. Comeback Kid's kind of still the biggest hardcore band. They're fucking massive. They're huge, and for what it's worth, the nicest dudes. Like, get we Man only did Silverstein. Silverstein is like the. Good I've heard Canadian that too. Band. I've heard that too. That they're super nice too. Never had the opportunity to meet them, but doing that small run with Can- with Comeback Kid and Cancer Bats, both both those bands full of fantastic people. So, Liam is a gym. He yeah, is- he's he's uh, yeah, got a lot of love for that guy. He's done a lot for me in the in the few years that we've been buds. So he's he's just such a nice guy, like crazy nice. Like the little amount of time that I've spent with him, he's mm-hmm. just. And he's also, he's also still in it on the ground level. Like he's still going to shows. He's going to the local shows here. Like he knows what bands are doing what, like, and I can't say that in 10, 15 years when I'm closer to his age that I don't know if I'll be doing that. I like, (laughs) I like being home. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'm trying to go to like eight shows a week, bro. Yeah. yeah. I don't have the, the social capacity for that. Like, we go on two, three weeks of tour and I get home like, all right, I'm good. I don't Drained. need to see anybody for like, <laughs> like I just want to spend time with my girl and my dog and that's it. <laughs> and you're not a country artist? <laughs> no. I keep like teetering with the like, oh, like I should do like a solo record or something just like for my own mm-hmm. want and desire. But do that Pine even, Grove style shit. We could, but I've, I've noticed that, uh, People don't give a fuck about what I'm doing if it's not heavy. So <laughs> <Just> <laughs> not that what I do is derivative of what people are going to care about, but I figure I can make a country record when I'm 40. I should probably yeah. just keep writing hardcore records. Yeah. <laughs> give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. But it's also what I want. Every time I try and like sit down and play like a clean guitar, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't chug on this. <laughs> How do I dun dun? on like an acoustic guitar that just sounds dumb so hardcore Hardcore and country music there's there's a lineage it's like uh spirit is it spirit world does uh death western you're you're telling me i have no idea that's what it's called death you know what i've been getting a lot of uh pushed ads for which i'm not stoked on these like southern dudes who are doing metalcore and country together i'm like i don't need this in my life i'll take country and like like maybe like a metalcore band here and there but i don't need i definitely don't need them together together is wrong it's an (laughs) abomination (laughs) yeah like i i I don't want to hear that ever and it's like it's like it's like pop country so it's not even like good country it's it's like like it's like, oh, Knock Loose played Coachella, so now everything's cool. Like, just put everything together. False. <laughs> None of that is cool. Yeah. Uh, well, 
Keegan, I've really enjoyed this. I really hope that you guys have a great time on that tour. Everything goes well with the visas. Are you guys putting any music out this year or early uh, next year? I mean, I'm looking at like my my Google Drive folder right now, and I've got like 20 demos that I gotta like work through. So there's lots of music in the vault. I would like to say we'll put something out this year, but I don't know. We're writing a record. Cool. If we do an EP before that, we might. I mean, we have the material, so it's not out of the question, but I'm not going to say for sure. Because our, drum, our drummer does live in Montreal, so you, you know. Can't, you can't always blame <laughs> Dwayne for everything. <laughs> it's his fault. It's his fault. <laughs> if you want a new record, convince Dwayne to move back to Nova Scotia. <laughs> I don't know. He, he really loves it there, so I don't see that happening anytime soon, but it is what I, it is. I think you'd have a hard time convincing everybody to let him move back. Like, it wouldn't just be him. <laughs> it would be, like, everyone. Yeah, we're taking the whole team. Y- you included. We're bringing Bruiserweight to, to Nova Scotia. You, I, can, I don't know if, man, do y'all know how to mosh over there? Dude, <laughs> not like you guys up there. Are y'all are y'all friendlier? Is that is more it's considered? definitely like mosh moshing here was very like uh, uh, taboo taboo frowned upon for sure. I've I've played shows where like people have gotten mad at other people for just like dancing, and I was like, yo, like you gotta let people like if they're not hurting someone, just let them express themselves. Like that's that's the real shit, but it's definitely, uh, it's, it's turned a, a corner here. We played a, a new year's Eve show. <laughs> Babs had this bright idea to buy wrestling belts. So we yes. bought two wrestling belts and I was like, okay, person moshing the best gets one. And person who does the best stage dive gets one. And we like, like we blasted that. We we're like, yo, like I want to see pitting and I want to see diving and people went fucking off. Like we're not a band that like we didn't get a, a stage dive until the comeback kid show and i think that's because like the comeback kid show was like everybody was gonna stage dive so whatever mm-hmm. but i got so fucking hyped when i saw it the first <laughs> time i was like yes and then so i was like okay well i'm making sure people are still gonna move when it's just us so yeah we bought these wrestling belts and like i was telling people i was like i haven't seen enough yet like let's let's keep it moving and by the end of the set dude like we had a waterfall of people it was just like a lineup getting on the stage and like i had to like back away from the mic i was Fuck like yes. y'all just y'all just do your thing like this is so cool like as long as you're into terror as long as you're not hurting anyone like i want to see people express themselves how they how they feel to our music and uh, the only thing I want to see never again is that fucking rowing shit, you know, where people get on the ground, they start rowing. Oh, dude, that got to go. But the rest of it. Yeah, don't do that. The rest of it's sick. So <laughs> keep, keep stage diving, keep fucking pitting, keep enjoying yourself and just that's it, man. That's it. S- support. So support violent dancing. This is my thing. <laughs> it's violent dancing. Okay. Dancing. Yeah. You don't you don't have to hurt people, but have fun. Yeah. And then that's how you make friends. Kids. That's how you make friends at shows. By the way, the first it, friends I made in the scene was because I was in the pit. Yeah. So because you you know that people who pit are down for the core. Yeah, they're they're there now, for it. I will say you may not see me in the pit, but I kind of am above the weight limit for pit, you know. I'm a big fan. Not here. Not here. No, not there. Definitely not there. (laughs) (laughs) But like stage dives and shit, I'm a little too big for that. I got to be a little courteous, but I'm doing my stretching. I might, I might be spin kicking here soon. Who knows? You you tall guy. You tall guy. I am. I'm six, I'm six, two, 260 pounds. You don't need to be catching me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Pack it in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for hanging out. I'm super excited to see you guys in July. Hell yeah. Uh, it's always a fun time when Boff flies in town. Wicked. I thank just, you. I got to know what your favorite city for Beans and Breakdowns is. All right. So Beans, I want to give it to Dartmouth because I'm stoked on my dude. But there's a cafe in Windsor, Ontario called Cafe March 21. Okay. And the guy who runs it, his name's Henry. He was a scientist of some sort and just like hated the pressure 
and like all that stuff. So he just said, fuck it. I'm opening a cafe and you walk in and it's like, so calm. Everything's a pour over everything's single origin. And like, you just feel like this, like weight lifted off you as soon as you get in there. And he, like, we've talked to him quite a few times now. He follows the band on Instagram. He sees when we're coming to Windsor and like when we roll in, like, we're like Henry and he gets all excited. He's just like, yo, it's you guys. And like every time he like give us some pins and like we get coffee and we just hang out and like, yes, is how the tour is going and stuff. And so we've like created a little bond with the owner. And like, if anyone's in Windsor ever, you should try and try and go there. Cause it's kind of like a, a gem in the rough there. Cause Windsor's kind of a down and out spot, but the scene mm-hmm. is sick. So yeah, it's it worth is. going to, but that little cafe is just like, tucked away in the corner of downtown. And when you find it, you walk in, you just feel like, oh yeah, I could spend a couple hours here. Nice. Yeah. And for breakdowns, I'm going to give it to y'all. Montreal fucking looking real American right now. So we're on that ignorant shit. You, you got me thinking I should be writing some ignorant shit. So (laughs) smooth smooth out out them wrinkles. I got to take a couple wrinkles out of this brain of mine. (laughs) But no, I I would I wish more Americans would pay attention because Canadian hardcore looking real American right now, and and to bridge that gap would be fucking great. I listen, and we will talk offline about this. But let's just say fucking bruiserweight by the end of the year, we gotta we gotta play Maritimes. We gotta do. Yeah. It. I can make that happen. We're gonna try to figure it out. I can uh, make that happen. We got. A good few friends over there that I'd love to see. Mm-hmm. Also, never been to New Brunswick. I've never been past the Eastern Townships. I'll just I'll say that. So, I think just for my own education, we're making an educational trip. Yeah, <laughs> go play. You, you could stay at my house. I don't fucking care. Hell yeah! So we'll 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 set something up. But you know, um, I love this place that we're in with Ontario. We've got mm-hmm. a, a nice little express highway between Toronto and Hamilton and, and Montreal. There's a lot of really good vibes last night. Spirit of Vengeance played the release show for Scaramanga. It was so yeah, that looked sick. Uh, I, unfortunately, was watching- I wasn't there, but uh, I showed up right as it ended just to hang right. out. But it was, I heard it was very, very good. Yeah. Good I saw vibes. some stories and I was like, yo, that looks like a fun show. So, super excited that we've got we've got ontario even when we played the casa show there was uh members from gavel that were in town so they were able to hang out a lot of a lot of fun stuff so we got to extend that Mm -hmm. to the maritimes i know that we're technically not eastern canada but let's make it let's make it from toronto all the way over and we'll make it eastern canada we really should and i'm i'm happy to be a part of uh making that bridge happen there's a lot of really good heavy bands in new brunswick and nova scotia right now and pei and even up cape breton way like there Aided, is pale ache targeted individual what's uh oh wait no hardened is not from surface there. surface wounds if you got those. if you got indie bands coming through, you got Love Over. You know, there's 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 a lot. If you got more punk bands, you got Cell Death. You got Mutated Void. You got Sean's new band, uh, Redacted. Fucking Ooh, cool shit. Like that's a good ass name. There's there's some there's some really good stuff here, and I feel like I feel like people look at that six hour drive, and they get scared. But like, if you're gonna go to Ramuski. You might as well come out here. It's another six. Just make it happen. Just make it happen. If you can stop Ramuski, what's a six-hour drive? If you're afraid of a six-hour drive, you're not a touring band. That's less than Toronto. That's my hard take. If, you, mean, can't we'll, do, if you can't take a 12-hour d- day drive, you're not a Canadian touring band. <laughs> <laughs> That's the highlight. <laughs> what's another six hours to a touring band? Fuck it. What do you do? You're spending the day in the van anyways. <laughs> I'm all about those on route stops. So, dog, let me tell you, those incredible Popeyes at every single one. Yeah, that's a new thing. And a lot of them have Burger King too. So, Sean, as a vegetarian, can eat. 
A&W's got uh, vegetarian options. And too. A&W. They, got beyond, they got that Beyond Meat. Yeah, but I got beef with A&W because you can't even get a soda pop for less than 10, box, 10 bucks there. So, like, it's quality. come on. Come, quality? It's soda. A&W trumps most fast food spots. It is very good. I will fuck with it. But I don't got 25 bucks for a combo when I'm on tour. They stingy. Mm-hmm. It's a so. treat. It's a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. You as um, well. And we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Keegan for spending some time with us on the podcast. If you haven't already listened to Botfly, be sure to check out their music. It's available on all streaming platforms. And also, if you see a tour date coming up near you like Keegan was talking about, be sure to grab some tickets, go say what's up, buy a t-shirt. It's definitely a fun time. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find out more information about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns or on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up.